0: Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical. Actually, every musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's Backbone. Welcome to episode 24, and our special guest is Karen Giambé. Hi, welcome Karen G and Betty to Broadway's Backbone. How are you today?
1: I'm fine, thanks.
0: Well, I'm going to start by <laughs> reading your major credits. Uh, we have Sammy Stops the World, Most Happy Fella, Woman of the Year, Say Hello to Harvey, Zorba, and Drood. Anything else that I'm missing?
1: Well, we could, sometimes I take credit for Kiss of the Spider Woman because it was an infamous experience and it was the original production of Bitsuni. And I was in Cats for about, oh, about eight weeks. Really?
0: Yes. Well, I will come back to that.
1: We'll come back to that. Yes. Wow. So where are you from and how how did you get started? So I'm from a small town outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania. I've danced, of course, my whole life. And then um, I went to school uh, for theater in Pennsylvania and knew immediately that I wanted to da- dance only. So um, I wanted to come to New York. My dad made me finish college. So I went to NYU. I was a dance major there. And then he made me, he said, don't get a BA, get your teaching credits. You know, he's an old Italian guy. I don't want to spend all this money for nothing. You have to have something. (laughs) So I did. I got got like a certification in dance education, which came, which later on was very helpful and useful to have. But um, the minute that I graduated, I had my like equity card the next day. Really? So how would you get your
0: equity
1: happened. card? So I'm at NYU and I'm doing all that modern stuff, which was fine. But you know, I, I just was dancing and I was part of their company and dancing in lofts and. You know everybody was poor and sad and <laughs> and and now and then I'd run up to Luigi's and take a jazz class and everybody like that leather jackets and they were dressed well and they were happy and I'm like wait a minute where do you guys work and they're like Broadway we're gypsies and I'm like okay that's what I need to do so um it was um, I didn't want to go to the graduation pomp and all that craziness so I am um, Uh, I was at Luigi's, and I was the next day I had my last final, and then I was going home for the summer. Luigi said, what are you doing for the summer? I said, I'm going home to Pennsylvania, but Luigi, I'll be back, I promise. And he said, he looked at me and he got very sad, and he said, they'd never come back. You won't come back. He said, you can't leave, you're too good. So he dragged me in his office, literally, opened backstage, Pointed to an audition. I didn't really even, I knew what backstage was, but I had never gone to an audition. He pointed at an audition, he says, look, this is tomorrow, a national tour, summer tour, production contract of Can Can with Leslie Caron. Promise me you will go. And it was at the Ansonia. And uh, so I promised him I would go and I went. And uh, you know, of course I was non-equity, and I didn't have a song or picture, none of it. I waited all day long. At the end, they said, is there anybody here The wants to audition? There were three of us. Shit, I got that job. That's awesome. So I had my di- graduation, I gr- my diploma, my equity card, big deal. Oh, big deal. <laughs> my first tour experience. And, you know, it was just, you know, I thanked him forever for it. It just, things happen, I think, always because they're supposed to happen and that has happened to me throughout my career you later on you look at things and say well this happened for a reason but it was my destiny he's probably was right if I went to Pennsylvania who knows what I would have you know fallen in love with some hokey Italian boy
0: (laughs) (laughs) well uh, tell me a little bit about Luigi's because that's an institution that a lot of people don't know about it's still kind of there but he doesn't teach as much he just passed away he did yes oh no in fact
1: I spoke at his memorial I told this story and I um, yeah he did that for a lot of people he you know he 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 had a great class it's probably the best warm-up I've ever done and a lot of people passed through Luigi Um, there were very few jazz teachers at the time and um, but his you know his style was this it's the same now as it was then and it never ever really changed so you had to really yeah I went there because it felt like home but uh, you had to really go to other classes and keep yourself, in, you know, because once you became uh, just a Luigi dancer, that's all you really could do is what he, is that beautiful movement that he taught. Right. But I, you had to, apl- if you were smart, you applied it to the other genres and the other styles of dance, which um, I did. And uh, yeah, a lot. It was a lot busier than now. It's a smaller school. His partner Francis runs the school and. But he's, you know, he's the father of jazz, We, one of them anyway. Absolutely.
0: So how was touring life for you? 22 years old, fresh out of college? Fresh out of college. Leslie Caron?
1: Yeah. It was good. It was fun. I was like, this is felt like it's exactly what I was supposed to do. And I made good friends and I got, you know, my first, I didn't have an apartment even to come back to because I was in college and I gave up my, my apartment. So, um... Yeah, I met someone there, and then you know, I I uh, got a, had a roommate, and had a place to live. It just it just started, but I, and then I just kept on working. I really did. I mean, it was really good. I come in, I came back, and I, I did a, okay. I auditioned. I think I auditioned well. You know, well, that's think, a, that's a skill in uh, itself. Yeah, I, I was able to pick up combinations fast, and if you can if if you can pick up the movement fast, you could start delivering the goods and. Um, that was something I think I was, you know, okay at, pretty good at.
0: <laughs> so your Broadway debut—I looked at it, almost "Sammy Stops the World," yeah. and then I realized it's "Stop the World, I Want to Get Off." It is, but with Sammy Davis Jr. Right, that's unbelievable. unbelievable. How is that?
1: It was. Um, it didn't feel like a Broadway debut because we were at Lincoln Center. We were at the State Theater, uh, the State Theater, Lincoln Center, and we were limited. It was a limited oh, run. It, was. it didn't okay. close. I think probably could have, you know, gone on, but he was Sammy Davis. He had Vegas to yet to do and all that. Um, so it felt more like just this unbelievable event that I just, you know, still I think, when I think about it, I was like, is that, was that me? Like, did Edie Gourmet and Mel, and Mel Torme and Shirley MacLaine walk in my dressing room? <laughs> you know, I mean, did I really meet all these people? It just, it was like that. It was it was the biggest celebrity, show-busy type of experience that I had. It, n- it never really came that far, because he was a big, huge star. Oh, absolutely. You know, and when we sat in L.A. for a few weeks, and the people, and we were a small cast, four women, four men, and the people that came to backstage would all drop into our dressing rooms, and he always made sure that we saw the big stars when they were there, and Johnny Carson was, it was just crazy, you know, but I had originally uh, gone that, I mean, I, I auditioned for that show, and Louis Falco, who's was a modern choreographer, he was the choreographer, and so, oh my God, I told everybody in my little small town, my dad was telling everybody, and um, then Louis Falco dropped out.
2: <laughs> oh, no. So
1: I didn't have the job anymore. So I was freaking out. My dad was very close to it. He was like, oh, my God, I told everybody. Now what are we going to say? They'll think we made it up. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's with Sammy Davis. You made that up, you know. So um, I thought, oh, God, I have to get this job. So I went. They invited me to the callbacks. But I went to the theater when they were auditioning and, and, and um, hid in the wings and watched the combination. <laughs> Smart. Really smart. So that when I went back to the, you know, when I went, I was on, you know, I was on fire and it was Billy Wilson who uh, ended up choreographing. And um, so I got it again. You
0: know, uh, it, knock on wood. Yeah, it was
1: great. Well, you mentioned great how fun.
0: great Sammy was too. Doesn't it make a difference when the star of the show treats the ensemble like they're equals?
1: Um, oh, yeah. 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 I mean, after a while, it's the star, you know, it's a. Ju- this doesn't matter, but but Sammy was like you know he he wanted family his whole life you know he was a lonely guy yeah and so he he made us his family so like after the show we'd go back to his suite wherever it was and whatever hotel was always big and he'd cook he'd make us meals and he oh uh, if you know if he was invited to a restaurant by you know some somebody and they would pay for everything and stuff. He said, what about my kids? But then again, we were only, we were a small cast. Right. We were eight people. Um, so he included us on on all that stuff. At, one night in Chicago, I got, <laughs> there were head rolls. <laughs> there were head rolls in the show. And I head rolled myself into Whiplash. <laughs> 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 and they had to take me to the... Hospital and ambulance. Oh no! Because <laughs> I got whiplash doing head rolls. Still makes me laugh. But um, he, so when um, I was released, his bodyguard was there, and he said, "You're to come back to his suite." It was this massive, you know, two-level suite in in Chicago at some big hotel. And uh, yeah, he took care of me. I mean, in the morning he would come in with a tray. I am not kidding. got like, and say, "You hungry?" Oh my God. That is so he just, sweet. He was a sweet guy. You know, he wanted, he, he loved the fact that we were a family. And so he we, he he made us be, a, he wanted us around him all the time. So that was really fun. It was really fun to work with him. Yeah.
0: Oh, so talented. Yeah. Someone just recently pulled up a clip of him tap dancing, and it's just awe-inspiring. Yeah.
1: There's a couple of clips on YouTube of uh, going to build a mountain and you know a few you know they actually made a movie of the of the musical Um, after we closed this producer who was not really a great guy he wanted to film the production so we went down to Long Beach California and it was filmed so somewhere um, is this Betamax
0: Oh, I had a Betamax. Beta <laughs> Um
1: and I I, I, if I have it and I had it transferred so I could you know, so I could at least see it, it's awful, but uh, it's there. It exists. Oh, yeah. that's great. If anybody wanted to ever see it, I don't know. So
0: the uh, most happy fella was with Jack O'Brien and Graziella Danielle, which I love Graziella Danielle. Yeah, I've never worked too. with Jack O'Brien. Right. But these are two heavy hitters now. Yeah. this early in their career?
1: Um well, it was Grazi's first Broadway show. It was? Yeah. Wow. And she, it was the first time, and then I went on to work with her for a couple of times. Um, it was the first, uh, her first Broadway show, and she said to me, uh, opening night, I, I remember getting a card from her that said, something said, pick that one, because I got plucked out of, you know, a, a massive call, equity call, um, when, you know, how many people would go to those auditions? Oh, Just hundreds, hundreds, thousands. Yeah. So I was really lucky. Like I said, things are meant to be. I just, we were, I was very well suited for her choreography. I was a little, you know, not your skinny ballerina. I was very earthy and, you know, maybe sexy. I t- tended to get those whore, trampy kind of <laughs> part, bits in shows. Right. You're a real um, woman, <coughs> which is refreshing. And, uh, and she, the choreography was amazing. I mean, she killed it. It was, there was a ballet, the Young People Ballet, that's just so beautiful. Um, and Jack, Jack would just sit there and cry for at every scene, I mean, because there are moments that are so touching in Happy Fella, such a beautiful show. And uh, when uh, Giorgio Totsi would sing, my heart is so full of you, and Jack would be, he'd be weeping all the time. It was so great. What a cute, I still know I still see him and he still remembers me and we still sort of talk about it but there's also uh, um, a tape of that running around somewhere um, we filmed it in Detroit they filmed it for PBS it was one of the early oh, great okay. performances and uh, Giorgio had um, laryn- he had a bad throat so it didn't he was not happy with the way it sounded when we got back, they wanted to really put it on TV. So when we got back, um, he dubbed it, and he was not happy with that. So he pulled it. It oh. was on, but then he pulled it. Then I I saw uh, when Giorgio died online that some guy said he had this tape of the PBS and he had he had fixed it and tweaked it because again it was we had taped it on our VHS. You're yeah, right. <laughs> so old and. Um, Anyway, so I have a copy of that, but also it's floating around somewhere. If anybody ever wanted to see that, it was it's really incredible oh, production. Wow. yeah.
0: So next would be Woman of the Year, which is the beginning of several shows for you and Candor and Ab, Right. Which they're magic to me. How, magic. Was, how was working with them? And you said you, you definitely had a special uh, relationship with Fred.
1: Oh my gosh. <clears throat> well, once again, things happen for a reason. Um, I was the swing and but i was not supposed to be the swing and i didn't find out until years and years later um, joan bell who was an old gypsy had done a ton of shows uh lived in my neighborhood and loved her dearly and she was in applause with um so i was cast and um and then i down the line eddie Nofi called me and said would you swing And I said sure I you know sure I'll swing Um, then years later I ran into Joan and what happened as a as a result of me swinging was that I spent we were up in Boston at the Colonial Theater trying out the show
0: oh the colonial
1: and I spent a lot of time in the back of the house which is where Fred and John and Peter Stone they all so Freddie and I you know became you know he's he's sarcastic you know so he would say things and of co- then he'd say come on let's go get a coffee and I'm like I can't I'm the swing and he goes yes you can and I shouldn't say that but we <laughs> we, uh, we got so close and had I not been had I been in the show that uh, that relationship I don't think would have um would have happened maybe not no you know? because we spent all our time together and um but then Joan years later we're talking about it. She's oh you she got close. I said, Yeah, it was the swing. That's how, you know, I got close to Freddie. And she said, Well, you know, you weren't supposed to be. I was supposed to be. They asked me to swing. And I was like, What? And she said, Yep, no, but you know, I I just said I can't do it. I won't I I am too old to swing and I don't want to swing. And so that's when they decided, well, Karen's younger and she's new and wow, whatever. I should that's ask her. Great. It's just things that were meant to be. Meant to be. And as it turned out um, there were only like two numbers the girls were in. I don't know why Kendra and Ebright shows that the women are <laughs> never have a lot to do. But um, so we so there was an, I wasn't really missing anything. The girls were on stage all of about I think we we clocked it at twelve performing minutes the whole show. So you know it was fine and and I um and I also because I was a swing. Spent a lot of time playing cards with the production electrician at the time, Ron Fogel, who I married.
0: Wow, so things were meant to be.
1: Exactly. (laughs) It's what what happens. Another thing that happened on that show, I don't really have a certain amount of time, was that um, Lauren Bacall, she was kind of, you know, she was kind of nasty.
0: She was nasty.
1: But she uh, thought that Harry Guardino. And I were ha- were hot for each other, and you know she wanted all her leading men. That couldn't have been further from the truth. I mean, <laughs> I was hanging out with this, you know, stagehand, and 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 Harry had relatives in my hometown, so we had a little simpatico. Right. But she thought for sure, and so she started to, you know, bat- not badger me, but she gave me attitude about it, and and I had to defend it all the time. It was just stupid. So, um, when I left the show, Eddie said to me, Eddie he said, just hire your replacement. And I had been auditioning with this girl, Elisa, and uh, throughout the years, and she would, after every audition, she'd go, you always get kept and I never get kept. And she was a beautiful dancer. She did. She just wasn't good at auditions. Oh, okay. And she was balletic and she had the right, everything. She just, I would see her at auditions, I think, oh, Elisa, you need to, you know, put it out there or whatever. So we had this big call at the Palace Theater, and I'm sitting there, and in walks Alyssa. And I went, I'm going to hire that girl. I said, That's my replacement. We went through the motions, but I hired her. And she married Harry Gordon. (laughs) 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 Did you love it?
0: That's a great story.
1: And I was like, I got like sort of revenge. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And she married him. They had. Children together and everything. So, do you like
0: swinging? Because I always say on this—that's the only time I ever swung. Oh, uh, that this—if the ensemble is the backbone of Broadway, that swings are definitely the spinal cord. Because it's amazing what they can do. I think it's so hard.
1: Yeah, it is hard.
0: Did you enjoy it, or
1: I—it was. We were only on stage. I mean, what did I swing? Right. Two numbers. It was a piece (laughs) of cake. But no, I, 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 um, no, I. I didn't swing. I never swung after that. <laughs> uh, so no one ever asked me to. You know? Oh,
0: I mean, no one will ever ask me to again either. Right. So say hello to Harvey. I mean, you got to work with the great Donald O'Connor, and I think one part of this career is dealing with disappointments. This show didn't even come into New York. It closed no, out of town.
1: It did. It was just terrible. Oh. It was a bad show. It was, you know, I've I've liked to uh, quote the uh, well, the opening number was. Um, was the lyrics were small town USA where corn-haired kids and corny music plays. I mean, and, and we were just doing this shuffle. Uh, you know, in the middle of the show, there was a song that said, um, uh, say hello to Harvey. Everyone loves Harvey because Harvey's as lovely as can be. He can change your future any way to suit you. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I heard that in rehearsal, I was like, bye bye. Wow. <laughs> Even with a good
0: name good. attached to it, you didn't think they're just going to bring it in for him.
1: It just was, yeah, no. It was just a not a good show. And it's the only, I think, the only time they ever tried to do a musical version of Harvey. Oh, right. A great idea. Yeah. I mean, there's a puka, <laughs> <laughs> but it just, there's no me. You know, it's just, <clears throat> um, it just, it just didn't work. And I left Woman of the Year, a big hit, like back in the day, you yeah. know. I would, and shows
0: didn't run for 20 years back then.
1: No, and I did that many times. I would just leave, you know, because I got something else. And um, that was pretty, um, I don't know if kids can do that today. I don't know if, you know. But um, I left the show to do this, and because I assisted Donald Sadler, which was really oh, okay. great. And um, I just thought it would be a really fun th- thing to do. It was. You know Leslie Bricus and um, did the music, and they had been part of Stop the World. He did the music for Stop the World. I want to get off. So I just felt like it was a good thing to do, and it flopped. Boohoo. Boohoo. Now I have a Canadian Actors Equity card. Oh,
0: <laughs> so do you deal with disappointment? Are you have you become impervious, or does it still break your heart?
1: It. You know, I never really um, felt the pain of. Maybe I'm a sno- I was a snob about it, but I did have, like, I didn't feel the pain of being rejected and all that because I worked a lot. Right. I mean, it's just black and white. That's what happened. You know, today maybe it would be different. I mean, I had a couple of disappointments, like cats, which was, I think, after that. Well, I, well we can uh,
0: go. We can talk about cats now.
1: Well. Um, I had 150 auditions in the beginning. I mean, <laughs> the audition process was ridiculous. Oh, I can so imagine. Everybody was... and But I got down to, like, Easter Sunday. We were all at this theater, and this was pretty close. And I pretty much was, I thought, the Macav- the two McCavity Cats. One was Wendy Edmead, and the other was me, I thought. Um, and then... Donna King flew in on the Red Eye. She'd been in L.A. and auditioned, and she was amazing. And I I always admired Donna King because she'd come to auditions, like, in cowboy boots, and I'd look at her and say, girl, girl, girl." she's just so hot, you know, and she's just a great dancer. And uh, I got bumped. And then she married John Napier, the set designer. Oh. Again, it was her destiny. Right. So I, t- I twist things in my mind. But the, what was sad about that was that um, they didn't, you know, they didn't offer me swing or anything like that. And then the minute they opened, no audition, nothing, they called me and said, We want you. And so, of course, I wanted to be in it, but right. I was upset that I didn't get to go through the rehearsal process and the opening night and all of that stuff. And so um, I said, "Okay." Luckily, um, I did. I was rehearsing without a contract because um, they didn't know whether Equity didn't know whether to make these cats principles or chorus, which contracts. So there was that dispute going on. Right. And um, so I was, you know, they said, "Don't sign a contract until we figure this out." And um, I hated it. I was just like, "What is all this cat pawing?" And I just, I didn't feel comfortable. I wasn't in my, you know, in my, in my, in the place where I felt like I did my best work, and just, I, I didn't really, I wasn't enjoying the rehearsal process. And so, I run into Graziella on the street, and I'm telling her, I'm, I'm a kid and I hate it. And she goes, oh, she says, you do you want to go on tour with Zorba? You want to do Zorba, I need a whore. She said she needed a whore, a one-cafe whore. And uh, she just brought me into the audition and pretty much gave me the part.
0: So that's, I got, that's, that's how I got
1: by I said, yes, I, yes. And, and uh, you know, that was how that happened, luckily. Right. Well, you
0: seem to be talking a lot about fate and destiny, which yep. I definitely believe in.
1: And it's survived, that's how you survive. Right.
0: But one thing I know I'm working on right now is not taking things so personally and realizing that there is something else out there. So having that combination of not taking this business personally and believing things are meant to be, how do you master that? You just have a good head?
1: This is just a really good question. Um, You know, I think I just, I think I really like danced with my heart and soul. Like it was, it was a part of me that was not learned i didn't have to learn the technique yes but but so when i like projected and when i gave i knew that that was the most i could do that i couldn't do any anything more and i tend to like at auditions like i would i would sort of hang out in the back for a little while you know and sort of get, get the feel of what's going on right and until it was really in my bones because in my mind I would I I tried to think um okay wait till you see me because I'm gonna kill it so I had that stupid confidence uh you know that that I knew that I would um I could turn that piece of me on and it always got me the call back you know it always because it was there it was just like it was something I knew I could turn on I know because I watch kids audition now I've been casting for the American Dance Machine and working with them a little bit and <clears throat> you could spot those people who turn that on right away right you know they just uh, they go beyond the steps and and they and there's something going on with the line and the personality and it's it's not too much it's not too little it's just right in the pocket so I had that confidence I think and uh, you know it didn't Maybe it's different now, but it just didn't it mattered, but not that much right. I was just I didn't want to be a star. I wanted to dance in the course I didn't want to do any my dreams were only of being on Broadway, you know, and being in the course
0: Exactly, I, I understand that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't you know people would say well Don't you want to you know do these roles and everything I'd be like no Because as it turned out I wanted a family right I'm an Italian, gone full-blooded Italian. I wanted to cook. I wanted a house. I wanted a family. So, it wasn't like I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything to prove, and I knew that one day I would stop. You know, so um, I guess that's how it is. I mean, you give yourself options is the thing. You know, if this doesn't happen, I always had that uh, that option that I you know I knew there were other things I wanted to do, and so maybe that that had something to do with that. No, I think
0: it's great. Yeah. Tell me more about what your audition skill, because I think that that's fascinating because I know a lot of really talented people that audition poorly. And you were even talking about your friend who you hired. I mean, what do you think that is missing from people that are talented but they have terrible audition skills? What's an advice for that?
1: Um, you know, for one thing, technical, like dancers don't have good line anymore and the thing about line and a, and good line is that in order to to to, to uh, project that there has to be this opposition in the body that's why it's so hard to see good Fosse dancers because there's a, an incredible amount of um, opposition the you know one part of the body going one way and the other part going the other way and it's vi- it's a lot of work to have that you know happen in your body but it, sh- it really reads when you're performing And I don't like the you'll like they don't understand the pasmo. You'll hear dancers say that, all the choreographers say that, and um, and I think um, working on on that is one thing. But the thing I did when I was young, and I continue to do, and I probably still do it now and then, is um, I danced a lot by myself in the house, and I just would like let stuff come out that was so ridiculous. (laughs) right I mean the first time I saw Pippin I was in high school when I got home oh my god I mean I would go from one that we had three bedrooms upstairs I'd be flying from bedroom to bedroom to mirror to you know just to uh, to, to try to you know do all those movements and of course Pippin affected oh. me like it did many many people was, when I saw it it blew my mind and um, so I think that I I had the Confidence of knowing I could go places with my body that didn't make me feel stupid or silly because I I, I I played with all that stuff in my head and on when I was alone. Um, and I so I, I think I was able to um, tap into those like those some of those movements or those expressions because my body already understood what they were because I had been doing it by myself. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's sexual. Or if it was you know funny or I you know it was just I'd say you know dance alone as much as you can and find out where your body naturally goes what do you naturally express and then you know you need to you need to find that when you're at an audition and um, and look in the damn mirror and get that right. line right
0: yeah because I feel <laughs> like people don't enjoy they don't enjoy auditioning and that comes across. Right. When you hear them say, relax, have fun, and people just don't do it anymore. We're right. thinking about booking the job.
1: Well, and there's also too much, you know, you have to pick up the, if you're thinking about the combination, and they give it, it's fast, you know, it's very hard to, to do that. And that's why, you know, Fossey, back in the day, his audition was that T for two thing. You know, it was a very simple. Uh-huh. But you could really see oh, yes. what people were doing. And I, I always wanted to say, just, I think we, when choreographers make the auditions so technical and so busy that you really let a lot of people go that are pretty good. That you should be, they should be simple at first, and then then let it get more, you know, more detailed as the audition progresses. And you have your callbacks, but um, I I think I saw that even with American Dance Machine because we had um, so many choreographers and so many genres and styles represented. And so when they would audition, some of the combinations were just too, you know, were just too fast, and just too, and I would think, I just wish that we could see them, give them the space to put their personalities into the movement. Yes. No, So I it's agree. not, you know, it's its not all their fault, but you do have to be able to pick those combinations up.
0: No, you definitely do.
1: And um, I don't know how you do that except to go to class all the time. Oh, and, right. And, you know... Like now, I couldn't pick up three steps. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I like, what? She could.
0: <laughs> so uh, back to working with Grazi again. She pulled you off out of Cats, and you went on tour with Zorba.
1: I did. I but I had already done Most Happy Fellow with her, so she, yeah, she did. Um, and Zorba was a great. It was you know, it was the one time where we did in like nine months, but we knew we were coming back to Broadway, so it was fun. Yes. It was my, we weren't on tour, you know, with a dead end we were on the road to come back to Broadway. Clean, it was happening. So um, everybody, and Rob Marshall was my partner.
0: Really, oh yeah, wow. He was
1: my dance partner. And uh, I played a, a whore.
0: <laughs> First time you ever done that. Cafe
1: whore <laughs> to Anthony Quinn. I had a cute little part with him. And, um, and uh, my husband, hus- he wasn't my husband yet, but Ron had gotten on the show. Cause he was, you know, he was a lo- He's the local one-stage hand, so he was like, I, I, we got him on the show, and um, so we had a great time. Peter Lawrence, and Rob and John. Oh no, John, John wasn't on the show, but Rob was. That's where Ro- uh, Rob and I did a couple of things after that together. Oh, nice. Got to be real good friends.
0: So I think that this was the first revival of a Candor Neb show. Um, I was trying to look that up, and then ca- the Cabaret Revival was shortly after yeah. that. So how hands-on were uh, John and Fred for oh, this?
1: all hands-on.
0: All hands-on. Yeah,
1: because it was Anthony Quinn. I mean, big star, big, yes. giant star. And we were rehearsing in West Bath, and he couldn't sing. Oh, no. No, he can't sing. He's dead now, I could say that. <laughs> <laughs> and Bacall, Bacall couldn't sing either. Oh, and yeah. Freddie used to say, oh, no, we... If they could sing, we don't want them. <laughs> only had a big bad singers. She couldn't sing either. Yeah. It was like Sam Craig, wherever you are, the opening lines. And Quinn, you know, didn't have. Not only could he not sing. Oh, he's dead. Bless his heart. But he um, had no rhythm. Oh goodness. I mean, there was this one song. it um, we go. I hear a bassoon. You can't remember how often, whatever, I've heard a bazooka. So, but he would, he couldn't get, I hear a bazooka, you can't, the downbeat. So, the, they had to clap, I hear a bazooka, like the the chorus kids. And we had to clap him into everything. Oh, gosh. We were at the Kennedy Center doing that number. And even with the claps, he, he messed it up. Oh. They had to retake it.
0: Oh, Was he good in the role,
1: though? amazing I mean nobody has the presence like him you know and there were some songs that suited him you know but they were never the poor conductor they were never you know right musically I mean he would he could tell he just did he couldn't feel the music it's crazy isn't it
0: that is crazy
1: so he was you know he felt like when big stars like that are working with him in musical theater they're they're intimidated So he was like misbehaving at first, you know. He was Anthony Quinn, and yet he knew he had these, you know, he didn't have the skills. In fact, I think Paul Gemignani was our first conductor, and they had it out.
0: Oh yeah, Paul's not patient. No,
1: so Paul was (laughs) gone, but because Quinn, you know, would blame everything on Paul. Of course, you can blame me, Paul Gemignani Are you (laughs) kidding me? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so um, but you know he was he was amazing. In, in the role. Oh, and that's great. Leela Cadravo played Madame Hortense, and she, I think, got the Tony nomination. He didn't, but um, she was in the movie. Oh. And she was incredible. So it um, it was fun. It was a great show, a great cast. Um, we came into New York, and and then they went back out on tour again. So it lasted a really long time.
0: Yeah. No, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, and um, and I played this whore.
0: Well, de- you definitely don't come across as a whore in real life, so it's definitely not. <laughs> my youngest casting. son
1: saw the album. He was baby. He was little. He was just he was talking, but he was learning how to read or some sounding out the words. And he saw my name, and on the album it says Cafe Whore. So one day he said, to me, "Mommy, what's a Cafe?" Now he's trying to sound it out. Whore, whore. <laughs> I was like Nicholas, that's a whore. Mommy was a whore. Mommy was a whore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, but she was a, a Broadway whore. But yeah, Broadway. So that's definitely different. <laughs> so the mystery of Edwin Drood is fascinating to me. I only saw it recently. So great. The end of the show. How did you come up with that? Where did that creation come from? Because well, you did it off Broadway. That was
1: Rupert's. I mean, it was. it was. his design to. Because Dickens never finished the novel, right? So that was his hook. That was his idea, and um, um, but we did it in the park.
0: Oh, it started in Shakespeare At in the, the park. park.
1: Oh, that's so cause what, it
0: just says Off Broadway in line, so that's what it's considered right, Off Broadway. Right,
1: but then we then I did we did it on Broadway right, right, right after that, but um, doing it in the park. Oh my gosh, it was so fun, and we were like that sleeper hit thing that like everybody wanted to see after it went up because it yes. was so good, um, and I had one of those um, one of those classic moments. Um, when we were rehearsing at the park and uh, the show went up and it was a big hit and everything and people were clamming to see it. And so it was towards the end of the run and Joe Papp comes and before, it was like after a little bit before half hour, he calls everybody out onto the into the bleachers and we all sat there and he actually said, I'll never forget it, well kids, we're going to Broadway. I don't think I'll ever forget that no. mean, Joe Papp said well kids we're going to Broadway and we just started laughing and screaming and like those are those happy moments oh absolutely. you never forget them those are
0: like fake movie moments that that
1: was a movie moment yes well kids Joe Papp we're yeah. going to Broadway so yeah we moved it to Broadway and we won a Tony
0: yes and it's just it's so it's really a
1: fascinating show oh my gosh very complicated, and the cast. Oh, well, once again, Rob Marshall was my partner again. Wow! And but the cast was so—I mean, Betty Buckley and Howard McGillin, Patty Conar um, uh, It was just full of celebrities. George Rose. I mean, not celebrities, but really, broad, real broad solid caliber, Broadway, Broadway yes. people. And in the chorus, mind you, was. Um, you Me Who nobody But then Donna Murphy Hello Judy Kuhn wow. Hello And I forget <laughs> it, was an, it was another dancer girl Who came from the modern world And she didn't She didn't last very long And Tina Paul came in But And then And on the other end Was Rob Marshall I mean it, Even this ensemble Was it Was you know, fantastic Was yes. fantastic um, so it was, uh, it was really thrilling to um, be part of that company. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, and, and fun, really fun.
0: Right. And was that your last Broadway show?
1: It was no, well, it was. I mean, then Spider Woman came after that. But
0: oh, so t- tell me about Spider Woman. So it Woman. was
1: my last Broadway show. But I, when I left, um, I, I left because I was pregnant with, I got pregnant with my uh, first son, Alex. And that was um, planned, you know. Right. And so I did it for you know four months or something. They didn't have even a pregnant leave of app ab- You couldn't take a leave at the time, you know. When you left, you left. I mean, when you were um, pregnant, you could. It wasn't like you could go back. So right. whatever. <laughs> um, things changed, but um, so w- here's you know what what happened was I um I had Alex. That was twenty five. So when they did this next, now Alex is now a lighting programmer. Um, He went to North Carolina School of the Arts. He's very successful. He's done about he's only like twenty six, seven. He's done about fifteen Broadway shows. Like he's crazy good because my husband's also in lighting, so he grew up in all that. And anyway, um, so so when they did the twenty fifth anniversary. Revival, which was the only Revival, at the Roundabout, he worked He worked on it.
0: That's grateful. And I walked
1: going. into rehearsal one day at the theater, they were teching, and I saw Rupert and everybody, and and they, and they so they don't, his name is Fogel, Alex Fogel, so not every, and he he doesn't like saying, he never says my mom was a dancer or whatever. He right. doesn't tell people. So um, they were like, oh my God, this is Alex? Because they remember me leaving, I was, you know, I yeah. left pregnant to have this baby, and there he was. Full not that full
0: circle? Oh, it's great full circle.
1: Amazing full circle. That was so great. Um, but, uh, what were you asking?
0: Oh, The Kiss of the Spider Woman. Because <laughs> it went out to, to SUNY.
1: Right. That was, a yeah. I mean, a lot of books you, you could read about what happened at SUNY. And everybody has their own opinion of what went wrong and it shouldn't have and all this stuff. But... Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful. Have you ever seen it? It's an incredible oh, it's, show. Some of my favorite yes. music in the world. Um, Strom. It was Susan Stroman originally at SUNY. Um, Hal Prince. Book Terrence McNally. Kandra Neb. Mm. I mean, real heavyweights. Yes. And uh, they had four girls, which uh, uh, at the by the end they didn't need the four girls as For we know. <laughs> so so <laughs> they some. We're not taking you to Broadway, but and see. Then again, I it was like, okay, I'll have another baby. You know, nothing ever really oh, <laughs> set I, me. Oh, I, I wish I
0: had that. If something rubs off of you right now, I want it to be that. I, <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, st- I'm not like that now, but I was like that then. But I had my second son, and then that was it. I didn't really perform after that. But it was a, it was um, too many heavyweights up there, and uh, Frank Rich came. Oh, okay, he was not supposed to come because this was this was how Prince's idea for you know, the idea was that too many musicals are, are set in a studio and <clears throat> and you don't really get a sense of what it is and, and, and Until you really have that distance of the stage. Absolutely So the idea was how can we do this and still remain, you know, close to New York City and still be able to work on these big shows um and so that's what this whole uh, new musicals was supposed to be about only when we when we started to work on it it was you know we it was really what it should have been was done in a small way but on the stage except that it was so damn good and all these great people were working on it that there were big sets and before you know sets were being changed and costumes were Build with custom shoes. I mean, they really spent a lot of money on it, because I think they just thought this was a shoe in, and it was wonderful. But Frank Rich gave it a n- not so great review, and also said that uh, Laura Mitchell, who was playing Spider Woman, and who had this, you know, that song has a huge range, right, to sing that, and said so that he said that if that shouldn't have that should have been Cheetah Rivera. He said that. And which is true, she was right. amazing in it and everything. But um, so uh, that's when they then you know let worked on it a little bit and put you in it.
0: Got rid of you. Got rid of got Stro. rid of
1: the four of us. Got rid of Stro. In fact, Stroman. I'm not a Stroman dancer. She never would have hired me um, because I'm not her type. I don't tap a, eh? and I'm. I'm in the ground, and she's up, yes. you know, she's show girly, long-legged, I'm totally the opposite, but John and Fred made her hire, <laughs> she said, you know, they made me hire you. <laughs> she said, oh, I'm a, don't worry, I'm glad I did, but she said, they made me hire you, you know, because they loved you so much, and I said, no, it's because Freddy wants to fart around with me. Yeah. He wants somebody to play with, that's why he gave me this job. That's great. Well, and then he, was my, he became my son's godfather. Oh. Yeah. He also uh, loved my tuna sauce. like Your tuna sauce? I make my sauce for spaghetti. He would make me, like, every other week, he'd say, you need to come over and make me tuna sauce. And I'd go to his apartment, I'd cook, his, I'd cook spaghetti for him. He just loved it. We also had his, um, when he retired his phone number, some reason, we Ron and I lived on Seventy First Street. We got his old phone number, so I we got calls constantly, especially when they were casting the movie of, um, you know, Chicago, of Chicago, or right. they were talking about it. We get calls from Shirley MacLaine and um, and like all these people would call, and I would say they'd say, spread there?" And I'd say, "Well, who is this?" And this this is not his phone number, and. So I would, I'd say, but if you'd like to leave a message, it's okay, well, you know, I could get him the message. And uh, I, so I was like his secretary for the longest time. And he thought that was just so crazy that we got his number. He just loved that. Yeah, right?
0: absolutely. And you he were close he, with him until he died. Very close.
1: Which is, you know, what I loved about Fred Epp was that he always answered the phone. Like you called, you know, you think you're calling somebody, you know, celebrity or something, someone else, or then, he'd say hello, (laughs) you know. He was always (laughs) available, and then sometimes he would call me and he would ask me things like, "What are the kids doing? Um, What are the? Why is he? Why is he crying? I hear somebody crying." It was Fred's way of wanting to know about the inside of a life that he didn't have, which, which made him so smart. Yes. Because I'd say the weirdest things, like, <clears throat> you know, the real things, you know, like, like I don't know why he's crying, you know, I'd, I'd scream at the kids, or I'd say why I was frustrated, or, um, and he was, he, after I, 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 afterwards I thought, this is what he was doing. He was always, you know, curious about, like, because I always thought, well, why is he always, you know, he's got all these celebrities and all these friends. Like, why does he still want to talk to me all the time? And he does. And then all of a sudden when I'd, then I'd be going on and on and on, and he'd go, all right, I have to go. I have my uh, roller skating lessons. And then he'd hang up on me. Or, <laughs> or when he was in the hospital, people were calling and I'd, I'd say hello. And then once it was Joel Gray or whoever it was, he'd say, tell them I'm dead, tell them I died. I'd say, okay. <laughs> He passed away. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, oh my you know, God. He was like that, but you know, when God, he, he when when laughing. I listened to, when I heard the song "Quiet Thing," mm. it just I thought, how does he know that? You know when it all happens, when this big, big moment like childbirth was that way, and these big precious amazing moments, how does he know that? And I think that's how he knew because he um, he liked to talk about the little things. To get inside your head, yeah, you know. Anyway, that was my Freddie, and I was I loved him dearly.
0: Oh, yeah. No, he had all. I was always intimidated by him because he was so cracking jokes and laughing, and I and it was my, uh, Steel Pier was my Broadway debut, so I was young. Oh, you and did Steel And I was young and uh, overwhelmed, so I didn't like say anything, but I would yeah. watch him from the distance. He was yeah. always very nice to me, but I just couldn't believe that they were in the room. You know, this is the first time I'd ever done a creative process where everyone was there. Right. You know what I mean, it's not some dead guy that, that, right. reading their stuff. They were there and they'd be like, no, no, the tenors are too bright. Right. Like, oh, I'm going to change that lyric. That's, I. that blew I my mind. I know. So I can't imagine, like, laughing at that person. Right. You know.
1: Well, because they, th- still, John is, I mean, they're very, he was, oh, both yes. of them were very available. It wasn't like, um any, any third night, not like anybody else yeah. and I uh,
0: wrote a new number at lunchtime one time a whole new number I'm at, sure at lunch
1: yeah I love the show I didn't realize you had done still appear
0: yes it was yeah I was
1: at the, the invited dress or studio at the you know when when it was done at 890. I oh think. yes
0: oh that workshop yes
1: yeah I saw it then and I I thought the same thing then as I did when I saw, ended up seeing it I love the show. Um, and I thought that there was a smaller story.
0: What are the biggest pros and biggest cons from Broadway how it was then and now it is now? Especially now you're seeing it, things with American Dance Machine. What's the biggest differences?
1: Um, I think, um, well, dancers have agents now, it's crazy. I have an agent? <laughs> I mean, it's like when I cast for American Dance Machine and I have to call agents to get the best people. We didn't have agents. I mean, why would we give our money to people that, you know, when mostly we were getting jobs through either equity calls or from phone calls. At the end, I was just, Grazi would call me, do you wanna do that? I mean, that was nice. I don't know if they, I'm sure they still do that. But, um, so these kids have um, agents. I mean, I think it was because there's more work in, in um, you know, with uh, vid- when the videos start coming out, and now there's more, I think there's more demand on TV and television and movies for dance. Oh, absolutely. Which, and, which you know.
0: But I think dancers want to get into the chorus so they can get out of the chorus. Everyone, like, wants to move move up now, where just getting in the chorus isn't enough anymore. So yeah, nothing's enough anymore. That's what's, there's uh, like, even for myself, I don't do anything in moderation. You always want more and more and more. So I think that's why people have agents, because getting into an ensemble of a Broadway show isn't enough for people anymore.
1: Right. Well, funny you should say that, because lots of um, the dancers that we would cast um, wanted to know exactly what they were doing before they'd accept. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, back in the day, the opportunity to work with, you know, eight to ten different uh, choreographers or stagers you know who are all connect this is a, connected in the, in, to the industry in one way or another. I mean, you're working with Donna McKechnie and Robert Lafosse and Wayne Salento. I mean this is a lot of connections in one room. Absolutely. And a lot of opportunity for a lot of people to see you and a lot of different um, like like genres of dance and styles from different shows to showcase your own talents. But they still wanted to know what they exactly they were doing, and it was hard to say sometimes because you don't know until Wayne wouldn't know until he got him in the room and right. and saw where people fit, and he wanted, <clears throat> you know, to give everybody a, a moment to shine. As they did, they all had their moment, but um, some didn't take it because they wanted to know what they were doing, and I don't I don't know that we would be. Th- I would have never been that way.
0: No, you just say yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because nine out of ten times, the reason why I got the phone calls from Fred Ebb and Grazie LN who is because they wanted to be with me. They worked... I, I was happy in the room. I brought right. good energy to the room. And I could do the job. And I think that goes all the way, you know? I mean, it goes a long way in the business. Yes, it does. Because I find myself... Saying things about certain dancers like that just based on their attitudes you know that's it goes a long way and there's I mean J- Jerry Mitchell he who could be around J- Jerry and not uh, have fun I mean he's a fun guy Absolutely. great collaborator Rob was the same way Marsh. Rob's also one of the silly people I mean, Rob, we used to play at Fred Ebbs' apartment. Every Thursday night, we'd play Celebrity. (laughs) Do you remember? (laughs) Yes. I love Celebrity. Yeah, we, oh my God, Freddy loves Celebrity. And so after the show, we'd go up there, I'd make spaghetti, and we'd play Celebrity. And uh, um, that's, you know, that's what you want. You want those people around you that are fun and are, you know, are going to bring lightness to the project and not, you know, not be, you know competitive or, you know, I just, I I never liked that when, you know, when there was that bad energy in the room or somebody who, you know, just wasn't satisfied with what they were doing. They wanted more. So if you were happy in your space, and even if you are not happy in your space, don't let anybody know. I always say that.
0: Yes. No, that's really smart.
1: If you're not happy in this job or you're just, you know, Keep it to yourself. There's just no reason to, to, to be like that because, um, like I said, Rob, Jerry, you know, people say, oh my gosh, how did they get so far and everything? I go because they're great collaborators, easy to work with. It's the ones that aren't that don't get the work. I think.
0: Yeah. No. No matter I, how good they are. I agree. I agree. Earlier, you talked about the fact that you thought you were very earthy and grounded. Um, and you ha- you're a voluptuous woman. How do you think body image affected you in your career? Because now it, there's so much pressure on, especially women, well, now men too, on the physique just as much as the talent. Really? Yes. Did you feel that back then or no? N-
1: I didn't. No, I never felt that. I was not a skinny mini. I mean, I'm a, I have a few curves, not like, you know, not like <laughs> no, <I'm> now. <laughs> oh, my God, No. But um, n- no, I don't, I don't I think it's probably the same. I think people, it's just that um, the choreography now is so much more athletic and, and, and so much more um, physical, I think than some of the things that we did. I mean, I think there was more characters and more for the choreographers I worked with, more storytelling and yes. more of a talent, you know, that's what they wanted. And now it's just like, you know, so you think you can dance and all? You have to be able to do all the tricks and and a lot of emphasis is put on, you know, the the technique. No,
0: No, absolutely. And I don't
1: think that, wasn't. I mean, I was a good dancer. I had I went to ballet every day and everything, but I was not nearly as technical as some dancers are today. Mm-hmm. And yet I, you know, did a whole bunch of Broadway shows.
0: Well, what would be your your favorite career moment if you had to just pick one?
1: Oh so hard. It's so hard because there's so many. I'd say uh, in the top five (laughs) would be um, when uh, we were in the park doing Drood and when um, Jasper and when Howard McGill and Patty Conauer sing at the end of the first act this love duet. The name of love, the name of love, love. And it's like, he's, he's like, it's very hot. You know, uh, sexy. And they're singing like it's opera. I mean, they're singing like crazy at the top of their voices. And he wants her and she wants him. In the meantime, we're, you know, frozen in the back of the set. And we are watching this happen, happening. So in that moment... We were, I was just there and they were singing and just, you know, it was hot and there was the skyline. It was, I was in Manhattan. And then in front of me were these signers signing this song to a group of deaf uh, uh, patrons, people, kids that were there. And I just saw their backs going and I was just crying and the tears were coming down because it was just such a beautiful moment.
0: Absolutely.
1: Like it had been every dream I think I I ever had that I would be in this like incredible moment. That's I love New York so it's so New York and oh, so New York and so passionate. And then the signers and Joe Papp says, "Well, kids, we're going to oh, New York." Well, I mean, it was just all so good. All, all
0: so good. Thank you so much for this. This is fantastic. I really appreciate this interview. It's a pleasure this, to be here. Appreciated this interview.
1: I can't believe the things that came up.
0: I love the this things that therapy. came
1: up. therapy. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Love is but a
2: word that wanted here from posture's green but was rarely said or seen and seldom sung. Innocent enough, it was intended to be used on rare occasions not abused by every tongue. Rarely has a word been ever taken so in vain but little meaning might remain is quickly blurred. So quite exhausted such a term Your sighs and syllables Confound and drained this word You call it love I call it love I call it rude You call it rude I call it love You think me just I call it, it too crude I call it crude And I the fool I cannot bear. Yet still I dare to, to call, call it, it love. love I think it foul I see you scowl I think it foul You see me smile No more I'll Tis you i A cunning girl. I've no denial You're worse than that My words are mad You need to see I speak them in the, the name of, name of love, love. About the dainty little face, whose every curl confirms that she's a child, a girl, a neophyte. Rose is the only soul in. It seems, whose senses just the sort of dreams you dream at night. Did you think your stare would stop my seeing every fiber of my being? Told me since I was betrothed that your most unnatural attention, conscious words I dare not mention, you must know how much I loathed to know your wants. You know my wants. To see you clutch. I need not watch. To hear your voice. You have no choice. To feel your touch. Is it so much task for me to ask? To even speak. i the name of, of love. Lord. I will not fear I love to hear My tragic plight The angry wanked I have a choice Of your fair voice I'll take to fight One blazing night for me You will submit To desecration And The name of love The name of love The name of love The name of love The name of love
1: Say too much? No, know? not at all.
0: No, not at all. Because then no, I'm
1: okay. thinking.
0: Yeah. No, you, know. Know. you said something about the call. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I, oh. Is what? she dead yet? No. Yeah, yeah. She, no.
1: She, I she'll kill yeah. me. She'll kill
0: me.